0: Welcome
1: to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing Manette channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, make sure you check out Five Reasons' YouTube channel. We had streams on there today. If you're not subscribed, you may not know about it. So go to YouTube, click in Five Reasons Sports, and you'll find it. FiveReasonsSports.com. That is our site with all the articles without a paywall, Brady's and the others on the other South Florida teams. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You got to get your premium CBD. You can do it at therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com. Use that code 5RSN. That's the number 5 RSN and you get 25% off the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies. It's all there. They got different flavors of gummies on there. They've added some stuff too. So check it out at therapistpreferred.com. Your first order there is 25% off. They make it really easy for you. Uh you can uh you can renew really easily on there and you're going to want this stuff consistently because it will help you recover and it will help you sleep. And there's really nothing bad about it. So go to therapistpreferred.com, use that code 5. That's our product code 5RSN. And now Today's episode.
2: Down the uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the game. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs Just like Buckler said, you were in trouble, y'all kept the floor playing, got a whole band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. Impact with trust, it's power. Have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We're going to start this episode with myself and Alex Toledo. You can follow Alex at Tropical Blanket. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. It is possible... You may get more content here later in the episode um, where Brady joins as well as Greg to talk a little bit about Nikola Jovic and his breakout performance at summer league and looking at Las Vegas summer league. I do want to mention we do at the network have two people credentialed at summer league. So follow their work, uh, Tony Schwartz, as well as Sean Rochester, uh, Tony Schwartz, NBA and S Rochester, NBA. They're going to be at summer league credentialed for five reasons sports for the next, at least four or five days. So they will be there for all of your coverage of Jovic and the other players on the heat's roster out there as they transition over to Vegas. But today we're going to talk about Alex and I are going to talk about the Caleb Martin re-signing. We've been telling you that the heat had felt comfortable with this. They did think Caleb was going to come back. He had expressed an interest in coming back. He was kind of, I mean, he was one of the real finds last year. I mean, we, we saw him at that first scrimmage. We're like, this may be a rotation player player that really didn't have anywhere else to go. Uh, Charlotte let him go uh, while essentially keeping his brother. He went to, Uh, he was sort of, sort of suggested the heat by Jay Cole of all people. He ends up, uh, you know, getting a sort of a semi rotation role as the season went on filled in really well for Jimmy Butler had the breakout game in Milwaukee, which everybody remembers didn't play as much in the playoffs, but did have some moments there as well. But he signs a three-year deal for the taxpayer mid-level. Uh, so essentially about $20 million over three years. I just pulled it Alex on Twitter. And I said, you know, where do you rate this contract? Uh, really good deal, fair deal, bad deal. I will say 95% said really good deal or fair deal, uh, with most of them saying really good deal. So I think Heat fans have been kind of starved for something since the re-signing of Victor Oladipo. Uh, and obviously, sort of the surprising two-year signing of Dwayne Dedman. I still think that contract's movable. And then P.J. Tucker leaving. At least they get somebody else back here. Your thoughts on the signing, the price, and then then after that, we'll talk about fit.
2: Definitely think uh, the Caleb thing was a fair deal at the very least. If I can make a case that it's a, a a very good deal, right? Like I think the value he gave you last year was essential to what went on in the regular season when so many guys are going in and out. He was one of those guys who was just giving you so much more than you expected, right? Like we always talk about it. He came in as a two way player like that. Those are not the types of guys that you end up saying, okay, he's a definite two-way rotation player and he became that rather quickly right and just kind of uh, I saw somebody had tweeted out uh, his numbers as a starter and I wanted to make sure I had him right I just pulled it up on stat muse and it said Caleb Martin has averaged 13.7 points 5.3 rebounds 1.3 assists uh, it's just you know he's somebody who has shown that not only can he be a rotation player he's somebody who could you know step up a little bit and Obviously, at this point, he's our only four, uh, like you said, Ethan, on our off the floor feed, which everybody should check out, uh, you know, get the free trial and see how you feel afterwards. But look, Caleb Martin is not somebody who they're going to rely on to be the starting four. I think we all kind of expect a Duncan move in order to acquire that guy. Regardless, he's somebody who's young, athletic. And I think you want him to regain some of the athleticism he had before the I want to say that the foot injury that he had towards the end. Uh, There's no doubt about it that this was the the right move to make, especially after all the other free agents were kind of off the board there. And uh, it became clear that they were going to use that uh, taxpayer mid-level exception on Caleb Martin.
1: Yeah, athleticism to me is the big thing because that is one of the things that this roster is missing. Um, You can really argue that the only other pure athlete on this team at this point is Bam Adebayo. Uh, they they don't have those kind of guys. I mean, when you're when you're talking about Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, last year with PJ Tucker, others. I mean, they, they we we talked about them as a horizontal team. The thing with
2: Depot, right? Where it's like you got to bring those types of players back, especially guys like him and Depot who are so good on defense, and you just lost so much with PJ on that end.
1: Yeah, and 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 Depot may be that other guy with the athleticism, but we don't we don't know yet. So that's the thing. I mean, I, I think they have a general idea of where he's going to be. Uh, it, you know, now that they have a full training camp and a full off season with him and, and the injury seems to be behind him. But yeah, I mean, we, we described them as a horizontal team, not a vertical team guys who took up space. Uh, this is a guy who got up and, and, you know, this is a guy also, I think a couple of things they really like about him, um, that are more intangible. I, I think one, he was not afraid of moments. I, they, they like that. They value that. I wish I'd seen it a little bit more in the playoffs. I, I thought his usage was a little strange in the playoffs. It wasn't as bad as Derek Jones Jr.'s was two years before, but I did think he would play a little bit more. Um, he obviously has a connection with Gabe Vincent, who we expect to get more playing time this season. Two of them defensively, they, they have synergy there. But I, again, I, they view him as one of their alpha role players. We've talked about that a lot, that Struce is like that, Vincent's like that, and Martin was kind of the third. The three of them have built this bond together. And so I, to me, this is a no brainer signing. I mean, I, if you were talking about, you know, a really stocked market where guys were slipping down to the mid level and you could poach somebody who maybe has more experience than Caleb or is more accomplished than Caleb. And that's one thing. Once they made the offer to Otto Porter and he, he went elsewhere and Gallinari, I didn't really see a lot out there. And honestly, I was a little bit surprised and maybe it is the Jimmy thing, <laughs> I was a little bit surprised that they didn't do anything for TJ Warren. Uh, you know, who ended up going for the minimum. I don't think he's a mid-level player coming off
2: basically a year and a half out, but like I wonder if they were worried about his medicals if they didn't even offer. Could have been any, could, any at a mid-level. Could, could have been. I mean, you're talking
1: about a guy who was averaging 25 in the bubble, bubble or not. I mean, it's it was impressive. I I just think when you look at Caleb, he's the kind of piece this team needs. They didn't overpay like they did in 17 for Dion waiters and James Johnson coming off those years. I mean, you look at the money that those guys got, which was 12, 13 million over four years, 12, 13. I mean, this is half of that over three years. So this is not one of those situations where we talked about, like where the heat tend to, you know, sort of not realize how good they are at developing players and then end up overpaying to keep them. Like, well, again, you look at Whiteside, James Johnson, Dion waiters, Tyler Johnson, etc. Tyler got 50 over four years. Okay. This is, you know, 20 over three years. So this is an economical contract, particularly since we've seen obviously that revenue overall has gone up in the NBA. So it's a smaller percentage of what you're going to get to with And it's independent of the cap, but, but the cap or the tax. So I, this was an easy deal. I, I don't, I don't think that there's anybody who's going to have a problem with this. Now the question is again, fit, and, and we know he fits on the roster. You and I both don't believe he's going to be the starting four. I think his primary role is honestly going to be spelling Jimmy because I know one of the things that they like about him is that he can replicate some of the things to like, you know, more athletically, obviously not with quite the basketball IQ uh, that Jimmy can do. And so I, you know, I think we should be prepared for Jimmy to miss 20 games a season the rest of the way. I don't think he's a 70 game, 75 game player anymore. I think he's a 60 to 65 game player. And those are games that Caleb can plug in at the three. What I want to ask you is the fit at the four. And we don't know if it's going to be John Collins or Harrison Barnes or, or Marcus Morris or somebody that we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Or maybe it's going to be Yurt at the five and bam at the four, although I don't anticipate that, but just his fit at the four. Well, I mean, how many minutes do you, are, you feel comfortable with him say playing next to bam, maybe not as a starter, but as a rotation
2: guy. I mean, we already saw him do that for most of last season. And I think the when it changed was the playoffs, right? When it started to actually, when when the the level of opponent went up, he played less. And I know his minutes were up and down. And when he did play, he was given, you know, good minutes. I just think, like, him as a four is more of a regular season thing where it's like, we're not going to have Jimmy do that. But when it comes to playoff time, Jimmy is going to play the four a lot of, t- a lot of the times right? when PJ wasn't on. Right. And obviously, like we said, like uh, we're kind of expecting another move here to acquire that other front court piece. Cause you need depth to be able to kind of run what you're talking about there with Jimmy missing 20 games. And, you know, you need the other players to help supplant, you know, the guys that you already have there. And I don't think it's going to be your, right. If it's yurt, it's going to be that he took Deadman's spot as backup five. I, I think Caleb as a four is fine. I, I think, Uh, He makes sense there, especially, you know, considering that a lot of the guys who play that position now are are not as big as they used to be. Caleb, you know, plays above his position too. Heater, you know, classic. It's it's a classic Heat player in the sense that a lot of Heat players in the past, you know, will play above their head, above their position. And even though they don't look like it, right? (laughs) So I think him playing the four is fine for now. I just rather he be coming off the bench doing that instead of starting. Yeah, I agree with that. I know some Heat fans don't
1: like the spolster approach of always sizing down. We know that Pat would probably like to size up here a little bit. So I I would be stunned if Caleb is starting for next year. I just I don't think that's where this is headed. I think this is the kind of sort of plug and play piece we talked about last year. Now they've actually seen him do it. I think there are some things he can work on. Obviously, this offseason, if he can become you know a 33 to 35% three point shooter from more than one spot on the floor that that corner three i mean obviously that's something he needs to work on because he d- he did at times this year he looked pretty good with it but he's not pj um and so you know you he can and do you
2: more shot 42% from three during the season and i think yeah and then it, it just completely fell off a cliff in the playoffs so i just think you you needed to not be so dramatic right
1: yeah, I, exactly. I, I think that's the thing. I mean, I, I think when you're looking at Caleb, the other thing is when, when he's setting up on the baseline he, or, or on the, you know, basically from that corner, he has, he has the ability to drive baseline, which PJ didn't. And, and so I, I, there, there's more things you can create out of out of the offense with him there. I think because his athleticism a threat, I just want to read something because Brady just put this on our off the floor feed. So we'll give this to you. Cause I, I had said that I don't see him as a starting power forward. Uh, Brady followed to go along with Ethan's sentiment about Caleb Martin not being the start of the no- numbers co-aligned. Caleb's best minutes came next to one of Butler or Bam. The Butler, Martin, Bam front court recorded a 102 offensive rating. That is not good. OK, and a 111 defensive rating this season. So basically a minus nine net. Also uh, not, not good. A deal. <laughs> yeah, also not good. He said yet a pure athlete and on ball stopper off the bench is the way to go, which makes the signing a win. So that's I, I, I they recognize what the numbers are there. Um, I do think he goes into the season as a rotation player and has to play his way out of it, as opposed to last year where he was a two-way player who had to play his way into their plans and then into the rotation. I think it's the other direction here. I think also one of the things that when I've talked to someone the yeah,
2: the for some stretches,
1: well, I think so, too. I, one of the things when I've talked to their training staff, though, they also think he can put on a little more muscle. I, I think that the, the idea that, you know, he, you know, again, he's athletic, he's slight, he's kind of bouncy. They they think there's a little bit more room there. I think they get, you know, five pounds to seven pounds of muscle on him um, that maybe he can become a little bit of a better rebounder again with the athleticism with a vertical and all that. So I, I like the signing again, none of this is where the heat are trying to go. Ultimately, we know why there is a break right now. Okay. They are waiting on Durant. They are waiting on the Mitchell situation. I want to get to that quickly with Alex here after the break. And then again, we're going to leave some space here for some summer league talk later in the episode. We do want to tell you about another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, though. It's our friend Mark Brown. You can find him at marcbrownpa.com or in North Lauderdale, just north of Cyprus, uh, uh, off of Andrews. You can reach him at 954 566 5678 954-566-5678. Huge Miami sports fan. But the reason we tell you about him, there's two reasons. One, if you need an estate plan, this is the guy to go to. This is where I went. Okay. I went to Mark. He took care of everything. It's not expensive. He give you all the forms. He'll walk you through everything. He'll sit with you and do it. It's not just all on the computer. And he'll explain to you how you make sure your money goes to the people you want it to go to if something happens to you. So that's the first thing. The other thing is he's got a title company right there in-house. And he mentioned five reasons. If you're doing a closing, real estate, look, real estate's complicated enough right now. Interest rates are starting to skyrocket. You know, obviously inventory has been low, but now people are not really taking out as many loans to buy houses. And so once you finally get your house sold, if you get your house sold, you want to make sure the closing's done correctly, right? So go to Mark, Again, and he'll do it for you. Mention five reasons. He'll give you a discount on the closing. 954-566-5678. 954-566-5678. MarkBrownPA.com. All right. I don't want to do a lot on this, Alex, because by the time we do it, something may change. But I haven't seen a holding pattern like this in free agency or offseason, honestly, since everybody was waiting on LeBron to sit down with Jim Gray. Um, and and it just seems like everybody is stuck in place. And the only thing that moved anything, although I think it actually set everything back, was the gobert trade because the Gobert trade is so ridiculous in terms of the amount of compensation that I think uh, I, I talked to one agent, not 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 somebody who has a lot of clients, but somebody who has a few clients was basically saying to me, nobody knows what proper compensation is right now because the Gobert deal threw everything out of whack when you're talking about four picks. And everything else that went in that trade for a guy who has been played off the floor in playoff games, then it's like, okay, what is Kevin Durant worth? What is Donovan Mitchell on that contract worth when when matching with Donovan is difficult enough? Because, again, he doesn't make that much. I I just we're just in a weird spot right now. Like, I know I know Heat fans are frustrated. We're not providing more information. I, I don't think the Heat have all the information I know they're trying to poach players. I know you guys talked about this on the stream. They're trying to poach players from other deals. They tried to get in the Gobert trade. Um, obviously, Duncan Robinson is someone that they're dangling in a variety of trades. But the NBA at large, just this is just a weird deal. The Durant ask out. I think if you didn't have the Durant asking out, a lot most of this stuff would be settled
2: already. Yeah. Yeah, and it really is just holding up a lot because it, it's uh, it gets in the way of the guys a tier or two below him also getting moves right people who you know were expected to be traded this off season whose names we've been hearing for a while and have, have just come back up again that all that stuff isn't a holding pattern right now because of KD right because a lot of the teams may or may not be involved in a, you know in multi-team deals which would most likely be the case for any one of these uh KD scenarios maybe maybe not Toronto but for KD going to the Suns and you know, not that I think he comes to the heat, but KD going to the heat, those would almost definitely be multi-team scenarios. So I just think that gets really complicated. KD is the one star we've seen who has four years left on a deal doing this move, right? So this is kind of unprecedented, right? And I think it's going to be kind of a, a hot talking point or whatever when the the CBA stuff uh, comes back into play because this is not – at all like the other stars making trade requests in the past where it's one or two years left on the deal perhaps uh this is four and it's Kevin Durant we're talking about he you know he made already the the, the power move to the the power play to the warriors then his own power play to the Brooklyn Nets and then it, it's just the way it all played out right like I think all of it was weird and now like you said Gobert running the price up for stars maybe having to throw in an extra pick an extra pick swap more than you already thought you had to So that definitely makes it more difficult for the Heat, right? Because we know they have a limited amount of things they can do there, even if they unprotect that one pick they have with OKC, right? If all of a sudden the Jazz, for example, right, are expecting...
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Like uh, the, the same amount of picks and pick swaps that they got for Gobert, but even more because maybe they're, you know, Mitchell's younger. Teams might value him more. He might have a bigger market than Gobert as far as teams willing to trade for him like that becomes very difficult for the Heat to get into, even if you're all, uh, you know, theoretically offering Tyler Hero and Nikola Jovich, right? I think that might be a good enough package when you're throwing in three or four other first-round picks, even if they're unprotected. But again, all this stuff just runs up the price even more and makes it even more difficult for teams like the Heat and others trying to acquire these stars. And it's just, it, it feels very much like some sort of uh, off-season purgatory where it's like free agency is done, but it feels very anticlimactic because you're kind of waiting on a handful of guys, two or three guys that, to to get moved. And we don't know when it's going to happen because the nets are kind of in control right now.
1: They're in control, but it feels like uh, sort of a weird control, like in the sense of, you know, they pick up a TJ Warren to kind of fill out the roster a little bit. They added to Steve Nash's coaching staff today. My thought was if they're trading Durant, then Nash might be a guy who's gone because he was kind of Durant's handpicked coach. It's just, it's the whole thing is. Weird. For Royce O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a weird deal right now. Like they've built a better roster around here. And the other, here's the other thing, nobody really knows why he wants out. Like th- this is not the normal situation. I mean, I know that that Brooklyn was a mess last year, but uh, you know, most of that was because of his friend. I, so it's, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't think anybody in the league has a great read on this situation or how it's going to play out. And then Mitchell, I mean, Mitchell sitting there liking posts from people telling, telling, uh, him or others that they should have traded mitchell instead of gobert so we don't know what's up with him either and with danny ainge running everything uh that holds up the whole process particularly for miami but anyway uh our thoughts on martin you can go back in the episode if you want to listen to those and then after this you're going to get a little bit of summer league conversation as greg and brady and i believe alex should be on this as well take over Welcome back to five on the floor. I'm your host, Greg Sylvander. So PJ
3: Tucker uh, was introduced by the Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat have yet to find a replacement for PJ Tucker in the starting lineup. So as of right now, the offseason appears to be a disaster. It might not sound like a disaster forever though, but for right now, it definitely is a disaster. And when a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team are prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are third generation contractors in South Florida, so continuing to maintain their sterling reputation is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free that's water cleanup of florida they're also a licensed building contractor they provide a to z service one-stop shopping for every busy homeowner and business owner out there there's no need to bring in anybody else they'll handle it all for you call michael anytime on his personal cell 954-579-0356 again that's water cleanup of florida 954-579-0356 tell michael we said hello if you got the schmutz they got the guts All right, Uh, so we're back on five on the floor. Uh, Ethan promised you guys another segment, so Brady Hawk is with me. You can follow him on Twitter at BradyHawk305. I'm Greg Sylvander at Greg Sylvander. Uh, We're going to dive into the 27th pick in the NBA draft made by the Miami Heat, who has made his summer league. Debut of sorts, um, I think everyone wants to see Vegas Brady, but we did get to see a sneak peek um, as they did per participate in the California classic I think it's called um, out there in uh, San Francisco I believe it is right so um, Nikola Jovich, is is this young prospect's name? I think most Heat fans already kind of know uh that he was drafted back on June 24th. Uh international prospect uh, from Serbia, really young player, ton of upside. Uh, we kind of anticipated he would be raw Brady. Um, I guess let's start here. Um, and for anybody who doesn't follow Brady on Twitter, that's a miss by you, but um also if you do create a twitter account follow brady and then he does these great sound on threads and he did one recently on jovich in his recent game uh in this summer league and it was really informative but we want to bring that to you here so brady i'm going to give you the floor in terms of just talking about what you've seen from nikola jovich so far uh what his strengths what maybe some of the opportunities are he has to get better um, and then we'll kind of go from there, just kind of breaking down. We want to we do a full – we want to devote an episode prior to Vegas Summer League to the first-round draft pick of the Miami Heat, Nikola Jokic.
4: Yeah, it's one thing to translate over, I guess, from uh, Europe to the NBA or even call this the NBA. But it's a completely other thing when you have to translate from a certain position and a play style to a completely other play style. Like this is a guy – uh, on draft night, I asked him about his pick and roll kind of ball handling and where he saw that in the NBA. Because if you looked at any type of film for him uh, on his past teams, it's all pick and roll stuff with him as the ball handler. Like he is not a big man on any of those teams. He just said after the last game that this is first time playing in the front court. Like this is a guy that's played the two and the three all these years uh, and he's 6'11". So take that for what you want. But now this is a guy that came in for what I'll say that I think it was important for him to get these reps before Vegas, like being able to just uh, get acclimated a little bit because being the roller <laughs> being thrown in as like the big man. And now you have to play lower. And now you're playing a bunch of drop and you're playing in these different spots. It's just very different. Uh, and I think you saw in those first two games, he was, uh, I felt like at times he was a little shy to go grab the ball and kind of pop in a way, because usually you've seen in these the games last night with Chet Holmgren and these other top picks, you, they stand out like the, the drafted guys. They stand out really well. And that Tyler just wasn't the too. case. Right. Tyler, even k Nunn, Duncan, like all these guys that ended up on the roster in the rotation uh, shined at one moment or another. And it started out in those first two games where he just wasn't getting the ball. It, even when he did, it was just kind of awkward because it was something he wasn't used to. Uh, and then in that third game, the one that we're I think we're all addressing with the 25 points. He just looked much more comfortable. Uh, I think you saw a lot more even with him as a roller and a screener. He looked better. If you're putting him off the ball, the biggest thing was just the straight up shooting uh the the jumper from the first game to the third game was completely different like everybody was kind of even on the, the the announcing on that game was talking about it was like a straight line drive like every shot of his uh he had three air balls in the first two games two of them were at the top of the key where it looked really rough like it was just like him just chucking it up just praying that it like found a way to get up on the rim then in this last game you saw a lot more arc you saw him a lot more confident Uh, his base and his jumper, his form, everything looks good. Nothing in that really changed. But I think it's just more of a mindset thing. Uh, In the first two games, he was rushing a little bit. When he got the ball, there was times where he just kind of rushed and got it up. This is a game in the past game where he got the ball, he paused, and he was still going to shoot it. The reason, he's 6'11". Like, he could shoot over most guys on the court, even if he waits that half a second. So that's the impressive thing, I think, majorly, is just the physical ability, just his uh, ability just to be able to shoot over the top and things like that uh but there's some other stuff there too that i'm interested to see a little more like i keep coming back to the post-up thing because he had that one i know it was on twitter talking about the the post dirk uh because he had that little isolation and it kind of faded that was something he got to a lot and if you looked over at the film in europe like he was using a lot of step backs and, and kind of post play uh and we haven't really seen it a lot i guess in summer like it's still super early like there's still a lot of things we're gonna he's going to get to that we haven't seen yet but that's kind of one of the major things uh that intrigues me. And then I think the last thing is the passing. Like we've seen a lot about the passing. Uh, the thing is, it just doesn't translate to a lot of assists in summer league. Like the, he's had a couple really nice passes that just don't end up in anything because the talent <laughs> is just different in the NBA. Right. It's just a lot different. It ends up in uh, retreating and starting over the possession. So uh, I'm interested in him as attacker and a playmaker. Uh, and then I'll say the final thing is everybody who's been worried about the defense. The first two games were rough. The first one specifically, he was getting up every pump fake. He was up in the air. Like and there was a blow by, like it it was looking a little rough defensively. He got gradually better in game two. Like there was, there was less biting on pump fakes game three. He looked a lot more just under control as a defender. Like he's still not a great defender. Like I don't, I I don't want to say that, but he looked under control on switches. Like when uh, certain guys like Moses Moody would have him on a switch, he would be there and he'd have a nice little contest. He's, Uh, pinching off the ball, kind of finding little slots. So those little moments right there, I think are good signs. Good. Still so early. Like we haven't even gotten to Vegas yet. Like we're evaluating the really early stages, but I think that third game, I think show a lot of flashes of what he can do, I guess, eventually.
3: Yeah. So for, for the heat fans out there who um, are, I guess, I guess, I don't want to alienate anyone. So the Heat fans out there that have busy schedules, I was going to say that have lives, but that's that's wrong because then I'm kind of alienating myself as well as many others. So for the Heat fans who may not have seen the game, uh, the game that Brady's referring to where we saw a lot of stuff pop from um, Jovich was the Heat's 94-70 blowout win over the Golden State Warriors. Uh, In the um, California Classic, the Heat finished one and two. As Brady alluded to, the first two games, they looked awful. The guard play has just been horrendous. Like, literally, they could not set up Jovic for less success with the guards that are currently quarterbacking these teams. Uh, that's how it looks so far. But to Brady's point, it is early next up for Miami is a five game stint at the Las Vegas Summer League uh, beginning Saturday against the Boston Celtics. That's a 530 tip Eastern Standard Time on NBA TV. Uh, set your calendars um, because on that day, you'll be able to go on prize picks and they have Summer League props up so you can play Uh, Nikola Jovic on that day they're used are right now for summer league they're doing points and they're doing points rebounds and assists so uh, you essentially pick your favorite players pick your favorite heat players on the days that they play pick a stat choose over and under and you could win up to 10 times your money but here's the key you got to use the promo code five five will double your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars this is on prize picks download the app go to their desktop um Their website's great. Also So prizepicks.com works all great also, but you got to have that code five F I V E to double your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. This is the other thing with Jovich that I think is really cool. He got interviewed after that game when he was playing well uh, and he finished well, and he was apologetic in the interview, almost like, I'm sorry that I sucked the first two games. Um, and it was so genuine. He had such a genuine smile on his face that there's something pure about that that I think is super dope to see um, with the this like, you know, you see how players develop because I remember Dwayne when he first came on the scene and this is a different like situation but Dwayne was very much like a soft spoken very much like uh, he, he was he was not a, like a star, like a celebrity. And then he kind of found his way and became very media savvy. And you see Yovich he's just in front of um, the NBA TV person that's interviewing him with the headset on. And he's just saying how he's so happy to be there. And he just wants to play as good as he can. And so it was good to see him get his rhythm going. I think he was five of seven from three, nine of 16 from the field. He had nine rebounds, six offensive rebounds, which I think is something to hone in on. Um, Brady, kind of, as we wrap here on Nikola Jovich, I'm interested in your perspective because the heat have a gigantic hole in the front court, uh, updating folks, Caleb Martin re-upped with Miami today. I guess if the season started today, he'd be your starting four. Um, that was not a playable viable option down the stretch for Miami. I didn't feel like, especially in game seven, I think he got a DMP uh, coach's decision. Caleb did may have been injury related, um, so I guess where I'm going with this is that he'd have a gigantic hole at the four still. But Jovich is going to play the four. Brady, tell me if Jovich has a chance, has a chance to contribute this season, how he can contribute this season. And um, and just like what are your expectations going into summer league? What do you want to see from him most that's going to be able to sway your opinion that he actually can help fortify the front court for Miami at any point this season?
4: Yeah, when I think of the word contribute, like I definitely think he contributed contribute this season. If we look at last season, there were guys at the bottom of the roster that were able to step up. Caleb was one of them. He was able to be on a two-way, contributed, and he ends up now, as you heard at the beginning of this pod, as a guy that's making three, uh, $20 million over three years. So I think Jovic has a definite chance to kind of contribute in that way when guys go down. Uh, but I think ideally, Caleb Martin's not your starting four. You get that four, and Caleb Martin's kind of your backup three-slash-four uh, and Jovic can plug in certain scenarios. Now, if he shows out in ways where this type of performance that we're talking about with the 25 points is now not a standout game. Now it's being spread out and you're seeing it evenly and kind of uh, just happening over and over. And now we're having a totally different discussion. But uh, I'm interested in seeing how he's able to contribute at that level because he's still not a guy that's like overpowering you with his size and and Sometimes I think that's good because sometimes in these summer league games, you have a guy that's really strong and he just bodies guys and then gets to the NBA and it's like, okay, he can't do that here. That's not Jovic. He's six eleven, but he does things a lot differently. Like he's a popper, right? He has skills. He has the step backs. He has the, the different stuff like that. Uh, And we always talk about the, the, the hidden card with like Spo. We always talk about that, that card in his back pocket. I still feel like I keep coming back to it, that Jovic has a ball hand. There's like his card in his back pocket the guy has been doing this his entire life or not his entire life because I know he started basketball late but his basketball career has consisted of being a ball handler creating for himself uh and I'm still thinking about in Vegas that if there's one thing I want to point out just trying to see is just try out the six eleven big who can create a little bit out of the pick and roll because now you have a big man uh there was times when he was playing the five in these last three games that now you have a big man guarding out and having to guard a big uh, navigate screens because the big man is kind of your handler like that type of stuff is just it's unique and I think that's the stuff that needs to be utilized. Uh, but I think the big thing here in summer league is just getting reps and trying to find his way as a screener because it's just uh, this is like for some of his not that I'm saying it's his first time ever setting a screen like I don't want to like sound like a I'm saying that but like no being but- a t- constant roller and you having to play that role is just totally different I guess especially at this level like to just translate there. Uh, So I'm interested to see the way he's utilized in Vegas because I'm pretty sure however he's used in Vegas is going to be the idea of how he'd be used uh, if he's the 10th, 11th man on the roster heading into next season. Uh, And I think the big ideal thing is that something I keep coming back to in the front court spot, no matter who they get, uh, is an above the break shooter. Like they just need that. Jimmy needs that. Bam needs that. Somebody that can stretch the floor in a way. PJ did a lot of things for this team above the break shooting just was the one thing missing in their half court offense. I think, if Jovic is able to shoot over the top of these guys and they have to respect them and kind of guard out like they have in, in, in the summer league game with the Warriors, it opens up the floor a lot more for these other guys. So if he does get opportunities, I think that's the big thing. That's the idea of using him as a screener is because uh, he just will cause things if he can make you pay as a, I guess, a popper. So I'm interested to see it. I'm interested to also, because it, let's just say there's a pocket of the season where he's playing the four next to Bam for, for some time. The one thing he's missing, it it does sound like fun because the one thing he's missing uh, is something Bam can cover up for, and that's defensively. Like, I think if if Jovic has a moment where he's getting picked on, you have Bam shedding over and be able to recover. Like, he has the perfect kind of type of uh, builds around him to be successful successful if he is plugged in. So uh, it'll be interesting. Vegas will kind of tell a lot. uh, But I really am intrigued just to see the different ways he's utilized other than what we've seen, just kind of as a creator, as a post-threat. And maybe just be getting the ball in his hands a little bit more. Like I, the last thing I'll say is if you think back to last year, they basically said, Max Bruce, you run the show. Like you're going to be a guy that we think is going to take that next leap. We want you to have the ball in your hands all the time, even though you're not
3: going to have the ball in your hands.
4: When you get to Miami in the real system, we want you to be comfortable with the ball in your hands. I think that's what they need to do with Jovich, I guess, heading into Vegas.
3: I, I could not agree more. I think that that's such a great point to empower him. And like, Even Yurt to agree to degree, I think that they need to feed him in that same way, and I think it's cool that he's going out there to play when he kind of knows that he's going to be in the mix for that backup center spot. I think that that's good for him. Uh, And I want to I want to close on this point about what you mentioned about him being a roller and setting screens and like you almost don't want to say because you felt bad uh, that he's like learning how to do all that. He said that this is the first time he's ever played the four. Or the five i think it was the four specifically he said he's always played shooting guard and small forward now i'm at power forward or even center i don't have the ball that much i'm trying to cut a little bit more i need to be in there for rebounds i need to set good screens um so he's aware of the things that he hasn't done before because he's been in a totally different role he's like been a ball handling player um i'm super intrigued Six eleven, two twenty three. 223 keep putting muscle on that frame Um, And if he can just hit shots, I think you're right. They can cover up things defensively, but we're not going to get ahead of of ourselves. We just wanted to at least give the fans a bit of a preview as we head into Vegas Summer League. Thank you for joining us. We'll have you covered as free agency unfolds. I'm sure that more news will drop soon. And if not, we'll continue being very frustrated. Come on, Kevin Durant, make a decision. Help your teams make a decision so we can move on.
0: Good night.